Previously on Rolling with Rainbows. If you can be in Winkleman's uh, laboratory, then uh, your your Uncle Monty's in for uh, a full adult Chthonian, and its baby is like emerging out of the earth next to it, like it's burrowing out. Firstly, you see Professor Winkleman, who is fully aflame, climbing up the ladder after you. Felicity <laughs> is overwhelmed with a fear of fire, and we'll have to play that out. Sorry, I don't really remember anything. Do you know what's happening? She says, hi, nice to meet you. I'm uh, Hilda, Hilda Beatty. So you'll be pleased to hear that I am not cracking a can of monster immediately after we start recording today. Wow, uh, hard that's to believe, pretty, actually. That's pretty impressive. I know, right? H- huge if true, frankly. <laughs> yeah, hold on, I forgot to crack my can. <laughs> All right, that showed up on Audacity, so you can edit that in or not. All up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I I could hear it. Um, so what happened last time, everybody? Who remembers? There was a fire. Big mm-hmm. old fire. And a yeah. worm. <laughs> some uh-huh. things happened. Big old worm. Oh, worm. Well, so you concluded the lighthouse mystery, but there were some consequences, and it went kind of badly for some people. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know what you mean. Serena winter. is fine. That's why I said some people. Serena's doing great. <laughs> um, so it's time for another downtime episode, now that you wrapped another quest up. And um, But first, I kind of like to chat about the system a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the end of every quest, we've been leveling up. How's that? How's everyone finding that? Pretty good. I. It's nice seeing the number go up. Yeah. <laughs> so in Call of Cthulhu, leveling up is done by uh, the the skills that you got to use in a quest. You mark them as you go, and then you roll against them. And uh, if you roll higher than them, you get to increase them by a, a few points. Yeah. A D10, thing- right? A D10, that's right. It's and I had it wrong before. A big and I buff. told everyone the wrong number. And uh, <laughs> like, if you use the skill that you start off really bad at, you can get significantly better, which feels really good. Yeah. It's pretty cool to know that, yeah, you can just improve like that. And, and I mean, that's another advantage that we're having here in this season of beautiful, delicious radio uh, that I'm kind of putting all these quests, right, like back to back to back for you. So you do get to go do a lot of like leveling up. We're power gaming. Absolutely. <laughs> I really love that it's, you know, just like real life, just because you don't have high, you know, high skill points in something already doesn't mean it's not worth going for it. And and you learn and improve regardless of how, you know, whether you succeed I or I thought fail you were going to say that it's great. much like real life, if you fail to stabilize someone and they die right in front of you, that does make Excuse you me? a whole 10 times better as a doctor occasionally. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah notoriously that's a famous thing that's true yeah. uh, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that doctors every every doctor that's like the final test at medical school right that's what msf is uh medicine sans failures <laughs> they're amateur doctors they're learning right. <clears throat> um nice jess how are you finding level i i really like how it encourages you to as nat was saying try you know, different skills that you wouldn't necessarily roll against, because I think 
yeah. especially yeah. in a system like Dungeons and Dragons, you're sort of encouraged to only roll against the skills that you are proficient at and you have a high bonus in. Right. And otherwise, you're mm. just not going to even uh, really try unless there's no downside at all. Uh, but right, and if we think again as well about the like the philosophy of like rolling lower than a skill means you're trying to your skill is how good you are at it, and you're rolling the dice to find out how hard it is to do. Yeah, and like the thing is, if you only ever try easy things, you don't learn. Right, right. So like trying things that are harder than you can currently do, i.e., failing a roll, like yeah, you know. It, it's also quite nice because it, it does mean it, I, I find it really helps with role playing in that if a character is bad at something then like they will get better and that can be like part of the character's arc and it's nice that that's reflected in the like in a very direct way in both the system and just their stats yeah absolutely that's true it can lead to yeah. like uh, a sort of cue or cue you up for a certain kind of role playing if you roll for instance like I did uh, a massive improvement to the science skill after having like one point in it, I can then take yeah, that revised character and say, okay, what does it mean that she's now like had this huge growth in science, right? Right. And I mean, that's like, there's a lot of potential there because like you took some notes back from Winkleman's lab and you didn't understand the science on them to begin with. So it's possible that you, that's... you know, took them back and you kind of studied and you. True. Or whatever. Because I also went from one point in science to, to nine point in science oh, nice. after using it. Mm -hmm. And I brought those notes back from the cave with the scuttlebutts. Right. So I should have a look at those again mm. and see if I can make any more sense of them. Yeah. Yeah. How's everybody finding I, the. Oh. Sorry, Joe. Karen. No, I was going to say, I'm chatting it up here with 51 points in science. <laughs> Oh shit! Nice. You got you got a whole Hell chemistry yeah. laboratory in your bathroom. Incredible. So. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts? Uh, a couple of quests in on how we're finding the system in general. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I I'm finding it pretty like satisfyingly simple. I really like having like so many different skills and just like pick like figuring out which one's most appropriate and like trying to trying to justify why it might be something that you have like more points in or you know i think that's really fun yeah i think i have an opposite yeah. sort of feeling on the skills in that some of them are so specific that it leads you to think that there should be a skill for something that there's not uh, uh -huh. so like the way that there are so many different skills on the sheet sort of indicate that uh, if something isn't there then uh, you can't do it or because like with Dungeons and Dragons right it has mm. very like sort of vague skills that could apply to pretty right, much really broad. anything but with Call yeah. of Cthulhu you have a skill for like uh, Jump. mechanical like mechanical repair and a different skill for operating yeah. heavy machinery and it's just because right, right. these skills are so specific that it sort of leads you to mm. think that, well, if I want to do this very specific thing, it feels like there should be a specific skill for it, or mm. it feels like you're yeah. you're like making it more of a stretch to use a different skill for it. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, I mean maybe you'll use more. Um, that's part of the trade-off as well. Is like when you need to fill gaps in the skills of the character sheet, you can use your you can do a no roll, right? You can just basically roll against your level of education. But 
if you do that, then you're not going to get the ability to improve any skill. So that's like yeah. an interesting trade-off. Interesting, yeah. Did um did Vi and Serena improve psychology? Because uh, I, I it was a notable thing that the that Felicity was the only one to understand <laughs> the experiment because she could tell the vibes that the cat had. Um, I don't. Uh, maybe. I, I have 35 <laughs> points in psychology, which is higher than the default, but not all of that was from... Oh, like, not nice. all of that would have been a level. I definitely had, like, a little bit to start with. I just don't know how much extra I've cool. gained. Nice. Right. Uh, but yeah. I definitely did gain three points in psychology. She now has 13. Sweet. Instead of 10. Uh, okay. Well, I'll... Oh, it's better. It is better. Yeah. And it's also like such an odd number that I know that it started at 10 and then she leveled up to 13. <laughs> yeah. So it's not hard yeah. to work backwards on that one. Yeah. So um, the last thing I'd like to talk about before we properly start a downtime episode, and it'll need, lead nicely into the episode, is sanity. Because two of the characters took a lot of sanity damage last a time. Lot. A whole ass bunch. A whole bunch. So yeah, um, it's something that we're covering in the in the YouTube show, Rolling with Rainbows. Um, the, the sanity mechanic is like... It's a little clunky. There's problematic places to it. Uh, if you roll, you know, on the table of phobias and you get xenophobia, you... You might not want your character to just be racist now. I don't know. Maybe you do want that, but yeah. I'm sure some um, people want that, but... Uh, but yeah. Should you want that? But actually, right, yeah. I mean, us as a group of uh, white people just role-playing, you know, 1920s America, yeah. maybe maybe we don't. White. Um, but um, actually, the thing that is probably more problematic in the sanity mechanic and is the thing that um i needed to make an amendment to here is the way that sanity is like sanity points are recovered and the long-lasting effects of sanity damage because the book would have it that if you get indefinite insanity your character has to spend uh months in professional care yeah and uh, I didn't think it would be particularly good radio to be like, okay, so Vi and, Ser- uh, Vi and Felicity are fucked up. <laughs> yeah. What does Serena do for six months or something? Right. You know? Distressing in a really boring way. Right. Quite distressing. Institutionalization isn't, isn't good. Uh, and yeah, also just mechanically quite a clunky thing. So um, instead, what I'd like to explore is that the damage that you kind of took, right? The... the the amnesia in Vi's case, the pyrophobia in Felicity's case, these are things that are going to just actually affect the character in an ongoing sense. Mm. Yeah, that's the kind of change I would like to make to it. I'd also like to discuss how the characters change to cope with that, because I think that's also an interesting opportunity for you to be able to regain some sanity points. Like, I want to figure out with you, like, what do you do? Um... But anyway, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I wanted to say um, about the sanity mechanic, it uh seems like you either go, like, temporarily insane, which is basically just for a brief period of role-playing, you have, like, an episode of distress. Essentially, yeah. You have an episode, right. Like, 
uh, roll dice and what what the kind of focus of it is. Right. Or you actually like if you experience any chronic uh, mental health consequences, then it's you you get removed from the game and you come back fixed after going off after being like right. It's not great, which is, and it's so not it's really not. the way that people deal with. I mean, you know, yeah. It doesn't reflect reality. It doesn't. It doesn't make for a fun fantasy reality. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like it's yeah. not very narratively interesting, is it? Yeah. And that's, that's also why the like permanent insanity mechanic as well. I'm changing out for frightened to death because I don't think that it's kind of yeah. a very like uh, yeah the 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 horror mechanic of like being institutionalized. Uh, it kind of icks me out. It's not a thing I I like yeah. to see people getting institutionalized. It's kind of a campier tone if instead, if you reach zero sanity, what's going to happen to your character is they get real spooked and die. Yeah, because you're dealing with horror, so it's, yeah. In Darkest Dungeon, they, um, mm. if you, if it, it has a similar system, if you reach max uh, stress, which is basically the same as sanity, you just die yeah. of a heart attack. <laughs> exactly, right, yeah, uh, it's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the, I mean, and the, the thing is, that's what sanity in one regard is is just another health bar so like reaching zero it's kind of okay that it literally kills you yeah yeah exactly yeah you just have those two kind of different style of health bars basically yeah and it's kind of a uniquely um call of cthulhu way to do it as well i think because uh, as opposed to like joe was just saying like stress and then you reach max and you have a heart attack uh in call of cthulhu what we're going for is uh, if you reach zero sanity, the world around you is just so fucking weird. Your brain shuts down. Yeah. <laughs> your brain is just like, no, thank you. I am out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Um, and I think that kind of leads into, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. Like we had a whole conversation mm. uh, after the last episode about like how we want to deal with like, uh, like handling how amnesia in this universe would work as a result of yeah uh sort of seeing these uh is it chthonic or is that just a greek word that i'm misusing chthonic means underground okay um, so it is just it, it a greek word these worms. I... right <laughs> but would, not in the way that to i these mean worms specifically no yeah that's true so <laughs> these uh <laughs> these cthulhu creatures Right. Well, they were literally called Chthonians. If you, Chthonians. If you yeah, okay, that's yeah, they, they the word I was Chthonian. looking for. And they have two cousins in the lore book. One is called a Dehole, and the other one is called a oh. Behole. <laughs> I, I just sort of wanted to take the opportunity to mention that. I appreciate you that. You Behole in any way you can. I just got to let the listeners know about my Behole <laughs> immediately. Right. Well, if Marx was alive today, he would... He would be interested in posting <laughs> that's true notoriously sorry so what were you gonna say oh just in terms of like the sanity me- mechanics and like how yeah. we are going to deal with that in terms of uh like an actual medical condition in this case amnesia uh, yeah i was just wondering like how much you wanted to go in depth and talk about that well i think we're going to go into it when we get to vi in the episode so how about we begin with Felicity. Okay. So it's an ordinary uh, day at work. We're like a couple of weeks, maybe maybe like a week and a half, maybe we're a couple of weeks later Mm -hmm. from the end of last episode. What's 
a day at work like for Felicity? So Felicity is a secretary and yes. she works for an accountant. So What's he like? Uh, he's a bastard. <laughs> Total bastard. Uh-huh. Uh, she's got half a mind to call his wife, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is not respectful. He flirts with every woman who comes into the office. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a real bastard. I um, would like to I'd like to just interject because of Felicity's extremely divorced energy. Like uh <laughs> is uh is that what Felicity believes and it's the case? Or is it just what Felicity believes? Uh, but a little bit of a bit. Little, little from column A, little from column B. So maybe he's like nice to women who come in, and she's like bastard. He's definitely flirting, and and ah, okay, and she suspects he's having an affair. Oh but my god! He's definitely trying to. He's okay. trying it on. Okay, what's his name? Antonio. Oh my god! Davis. <laughs> Antonio Davis. Okay. <laughs> The cool. accountant. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, so what was what's the day what's the day at work like? Uh so she you know, she takes notes for him. Mm-hmm. Um she sometimes keeps appointments and types up letters and invoices and things to his clients, uh keeps his papers in order, um regularly has to make him cups of tea goes and fetches him lunch or all, all these kinds of things um some of which she's very ticked off by and thinks are not her job at all and uh not what she's being paid for but she does them anyway because it's the job that she has in this town far far across the atlantic <laughs> <laughs> um so what's she doing What's she doing when we kind of join her in the scene? She's just finishing up uh, the a, a summary of notes from a conversation between her her boss and his client that she sat in on. Okay. Um, and she's just about to go. She's sort of typing up the do, minutes. Yeah, she she's typing them up, and she's just about to go hand hand those to him. Right. Um, uh, Felicity feels like she can hear something. Uh, there's a noise, but you can't quite tell what it is. What what kind of noise is it? If you stop to listen, maybe it's like a rustling of paper. Uh, Felicity looks around to try and find find the source of the noise. Can't see any kind of source of the noise. Uh, so she's she's feeling a little a little anxious, at, um, mm-hmm. not sort of knowing where this noise is coming from. Um, but she gets up to go hand. Antonio Davis, his notes, Mr. Davis. What she sees is that um, Antonio's office has uh, one of those doors where, like, even though this whole place is his office, like, his actual room, the office, mm-hmm. is, uh, it like has one of those doors with the, like, frosted glass panel in it. Yeah. With his name, like, you know, uh, stenciled on. Yeah, you just see a nice yeah. little blurry silhouette through the... Through the window. And the noise is louder now, so she's approaching. Maybe he's actually filing something. But then she can see uh, a flickering light coming from inside the office. And she realises that Antonio's whole office is on fire. Uh, she starts breathing very, very uh, quickly and opens opens the 
she she bursts into the office to try and pull pull him out. Uh, okay, well then, in that case, she bursts right into the office. Uh, there, she was completely wrong. There was there's no fire in there, and uh, Antonio is sitting at his desk, and he uh, he he goes, uh, "Hey, oh, what's the rush? What are you what are you doing, Mister Davis? Are you right? You nearly knocked the door off its hinges. What are you doing? This is anti-Italian discrimination. <laughs> <The> voice. <laughs> Is he walking here? <laughs> wow, I thought we weren't going to bring our modern day prejudices into the past with this game, but... I'm very sorry, I've let everyone down. You all said you didn't want any racism in No anti-Italian racism uh-huh. in this game. Besides, you called him at- Antonio. His last name is Davis. That's very uh-huh. Welsh. Yeah, he married into a Welsh family. <laughs> yeah. And gained their name. Sorry, his... <laughs> His, uh, his dad was Welsh, that's all I meant. Hey, maybe he's just a feminist king. <laughs> maybe, in 1920. Right. Uh-huh. I love it. We love Could be. It happens. Uh, but he's a bastard, so that's oh, he's a bastard. He's a total bastard. Uh-huh. He's like, uh, Felicity, you okay? You you just nearly knocked the door off its hinges. Was, I don't know what you're doing. There was a fire. Where's, where's, where's the fire? Fire? There was a fire in here. Liz, what, what is this? Where's... Was, were you smoking? Was you having a me fire? on? Are you having me on? Is Barry there? Barry, you can come out. Is well, I don't get this bit. It's very strange. I'm, uh, I'm really sorry, Mr. Davis. I'm, I, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling very well. I think I need to go home. Yeah. Uh, did you finish typing up those minutes? Uh, yeah, of course. Here, here, here they are. Yeah, he takes them off you, and uh, he says, you know, um, maybe it is best you take the rest of the day off. And uh, you, maybe you come back tomorrow and don't don't do any more pranks or anything. Uh, yes, yeah. um, I'm sorry. Thank you. So Felicity's still dealing with, with the ramifications of, uh, of pyrophobia. Of her pyrophobia, which was a which was a dice roll, but a really weirdly Incredibly specific one. Incredibly appropriate. You were escaping a fire. She's just seen a man like burn to death uh-huh. in front of her. Um, and it seems like, yeah, it would make sense if she had to deal with a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a fear of fire following yeah, on from that event. makes some amount of sense. Um, how has she been dealing with in, in the kind of week and a half since? Uh, she's definitely been, uh, as as we just uh, uh-huh. role-played, uh-huh. uh, dealing with... Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loser. <laughs> wow. Uh, definitely been dealing with kind of a lot of like preemptive fear around fire so uh-huh. she um you know she's not been used like she's been not using any like matches or lighters or mm. you know staying staying away from any so her coping is very flames. avoidant yeah and uh-huh. so she's you know if if someone's sort of smoking in a closed room she'll leave the room um, and she's been having these kind of like, uh, kind of you know waking nightmares sure. of, of um, seeing kind of rooms on fire and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't sound like her coping has been particularly uh, constructive so far. Uh, so I wouldn't say I would award any kind of uh, regain sanity points from like avoiding flames and you know. Like, you're not going to necessarily get kind of uh, more 
better mental health. Well, she's, by... she's protecting herself from the sure. panic at the minute. So I get you. Like that's the first stage, isn't it? She's not going to be doing exposure therapy a week after she's seen someone burn to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, she's leaving Davis Accountancy, and uh, a a fancy car. It's actually a Rolls Royce. Pulls up uh, on the pavement just in front of her and the back passenger door swings open as the man in the front uh, leans across from the driver's seat to open it uh she uh pulls out her knuckle dusters <laughs> she pulls them out she pulls them out she doesn't just reach for them oh no she she's pulls ready them out. okay she's ready so she recognizes this as pierre uh octavia's driver okay she breathes a big sigh of relief and uh, slowly puts the knuckle dusters but she's still kind of holding them they're just like in her bag uh-huh, that's for like on 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 her knuckles in her bag. That seems reasonable. Yeah. So, um, and he says, um, you have been, uh, requested at, um, the Bancroft Manor. Oh, uh, Pierre, is it? Is uh, it Pierre? Oh, thank you for, for, you are, he looks a little, um, taken aback. You could do a psychology roll if you want to. <laughs> I'll do a psychology roll. What's going on? Why would Pierre be so surprised that someone would remember his name. Why would he? Oh no. Um, so what's your psychology? 43. Just missed it. Alright, you fail. Can I push it? If you, if you want, you can use a, a couple of luck points to make that into a success. It's a very trivial roll. Yeah, but you, okay. Oh my god. Where's, where's my luck points coming from? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. easy. I wanna, okay, I wanna know you use two points Pierre. to see that Pierre is crying a little bit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no. Some it upset him something something upset him about you remembering his name. My goodness. <laughs> Felicity is such a disaster character. Love the energy. <laughs> She's just like gone from like a hallucination to like a near like a assault to like making this man cry. Uh it's great. It's good stuff. So uh um, she 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 drops the knuckle dusters back in her bag. <laughs> she gives him a little pat on the shoulder. Yeah, he's uh he wipes one eye and he goes, uh, it's uh you're just the the first um person to remember my name without being told five times him. Um, <clears throat> and he like straightens himself up a little bit and he turns the engine on. Uh like I'm he's sorry ready to head up, yeah. People That's so sad. People should learn your name. <laughs> they, yeah. Yeah. It's worth getting to know your name, Pierre. Well, thank you. So, uh, Bancroft Manor, is it? Oh, uh, am I going to see Vi? Um, yes. Um, Madame Octavia um, wants your um, attendance. She wants your... Um, you are going to help her to explore. Explore? Um, the, the manor is very big and confusing. Uh, I have gotten lost for half a day, at least. Uh, she wants to, uh, she wants a companion for, uh, exploring the manor. I do love to explore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess Felicity hops in and he turns the engine on. And as he drives away, we have, like, a vertical... Wait, what is it? A horizontal wipe that tracks with the car. It's very Star Wars, right? That's what we picture. And it cuts across to uh, Serena. I'm going to put a sound effect in. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh. Hello. Um, hey. Hey. Uh, 
Oh, I've slipped out the accent again. Hey. <laughs> um, hello. Yes. Um. Yeah. So we we cut across to Serena, and I'm wondering where she is, what she's up to. Uh, I guess first I'd like to want like like to know what she's been up to in the sort of week and a half since. Um, I think that since she. So she she was she escaped the lighthouse the most unscathed of of our three investigators. Uh, she, mm. she took a bit of a beating physically, but mentally she she not not much happened. So um yeah, I think she probably spent a couple of days just like kind of nursing her wounds a bit, and then mm. went straight back to the library. Oh okay. Because um, uh, in the we saw a big worm thing. And that mm. was the first, like, evidence, really, or, like, more evidence um, yeah. in Serena's mind that there are things out there other than whatever the hell messed with her life. Um, sure, And yeah. that they're causing harm to, you know, like... And the scuttlebutts were introduced to you as just being a kind of bug, so yeah. you didn't necessarily know what was up with that. Yeah. So this is actually something else we should mention about the system, is that the first time you're properly exposed to the Cthulhu Mythos, you are supposed to take five points in the Cthulhu Mythos skill, um, which has to do with understanding the Cthulhu Mythos. Yeah. And at a certain point, there's a kind of trade-off where someone can kind of become, if they want to, kind of become a uh, a, a, a character, a, a, you know, a what is it? Like a follower of the occult and like into that stuff. Um, but you can also get more points in this by well you get five points the first time you see one of these you know spooky boys mm -hmm. you get one point from there on when you see new stuff okay but you so can also get more if you go uh, and read a book about it right so all of our characters should have like six then. no right so now it should be five I don't have any because that initial five relies on you taking sanity damage. That is true. Right. And so because that, Serena, uh, like, uh, whether she just, like, I feel like she didn't, she just didn't think about it too much. Right, because... Serena was just like, ooh, gross, get it away from me, and then didn't really process it as an otherworldly Yeah, thing. because she was busy climbing out of this burning lighthouse hole. Um, right, she, yeah, exactly. Everyone looked, but Serena didn't, um didn't take the damage but like right. she still knows that like that was something really weird and like two people died down there and this is the first time that she's seen evidence of other things like weird things happening right. and it's kind of like opened her mind a bit i think and so she's really just like trying to find more info specifically on like anything yeah. okay so i i so i guess a couple of days after the end of the last episode serena rocks up to the uh narragansett town library yes it's just off of the main um, plaza, which is a big sort of uh, roundabout. It's still under construction. Oh, actually, that's something I wanted to ask about. Uh, yeah, what's up? So the how big is the works going on in the plaza? Uh, in the middle of the plaza, there seems to be some kind of big construction going on that's maybe like 30 feet across. And uh, when you've been asking people about it, no one seems to know for sure, but... But an unconfirmed, uh, maybe rumor, like, but the general kind of consensus seems to be that they're making a fountain. Okay. Um, and the plaza itself is a sort of like a roundabout that's like maybe sixty feet across. Right. So you'd say it's like a, a, a big kind of like circular shape. I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, and okay. the designs we found underneath the lighthouse, uh, how how big did they depict a large circular shape being? Oh, about sixty feet across. But the thing is. Um, 
that Serena doesn't have those plans. Okay, but she, okay, no, that's fair. And I don't think she saw them either. Oh, oh, really? I thought I thought she'd have seen. It. Okay, no, no worries then. And also, it's all just a coincidence anyway. So it doesn't and it's also matter. just a coincidence anyway. And you, I, I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> great, um, great, great, great. No worries then. Let's go to the library. That's <laughs> all chill. So, um, <laughs> so the library is off of the main, just off of the main plaza. That's uh, got this construction work going on in it. Um, Joe, can you, before you reach the library on that second day after the quest, please roll me an occult roll. Um, oh, I actually did improve my occult by, like, uh, a whole ten. I have these side quests for downtime episodes that are just basically, like, a scene, and I really want to do them, but it requires for you to notice a thing. Mmm, <laughs> no. No! Fuck! Um, uh, why, why, what, what is um, it, what, what is it, like, is it just... You know I, what? This time, like specifically I'm happy this to time, push the roll. You no, I'm not going to tell you about it until unless you get it. So it's fine. Like, um, but but this time, because it's maybe the third time you've had to make this check, you feel like you hear someone be like, "Hey, you! Hey, hey, hey!" Uh, but when you look around, um, American mm-hmm. Senator Bernie Sanders is that there's you? No- <laughs> When you look around, there's nobody there. Um, could I? Could I make a? And you listen... feel like you might have just imagined it. Could I make a listen roll? Um. Yes. Excellent. Uh. So my listen skill is forty-five. Uh huh. And your roll is a sixty-nine. Is 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but actually not because okay. Well, uh... buddy, I'm really trying. <laughs> It's fine. So, um, either way, you when you listen more closely, you still can't hear anything. Um, and you carry on about your day, I, I guess. I think she shrugs to herself and carried on, carries on right. into the library. So what are you trying to look for in the library? What's the deal? Um, anything like unexplained disappearances in Narragansett, um, strange phenomena in Narragansett. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anything like that, you know? This is what Felicity went looking for before. That's true. She got some great stuff. She learned all about the Bigfoots and stuff. Yeah. But I think more specific, like, leaning away from, like, cryptids. Yeah. Just because, like, I think Serena's vaguely aware of, like, the concept of cryptids and knows that, like, normally they're hearsay, you know, like... Sure. Yeah. Felicity is not discerning. Like, it kind of, like... (laughs) Specifically, like occult slash like like secret societies or like religious stuff, as opposed to just some you know people looking for Bigfoot. Okay, that's fun. So why don't you give me a library use roll to see how much you find? Okay. Uh oh, and especially if it mentions anything to do with the Narragansett Council, I suppose. Cool. So my library use is seventy, so I really have no excuse for failing this. (laughs) Fifty-eight. Nice. Fifty-eight. Ooh, baby. So I am looking up something in the book because I because I have to look up a name is the thing. So it's not a um, it's 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 not just me not knowing the system. Of course not. Please, please, everyone know. Guys, Soph knows the system really well. Please. <laughs> uh, yeah, so successful, um, a successful role on that. Um, you said you're specifically looking for um, cults and, and re- like religious groups. So um, one of the first things you find is a 
uh, a pamphlet that has, uh, like, it looks like it's been printed kind of, um, how's, how to say, like, not amateurishly exactly, but, like, by some someone who doesn't have necessarily all the, it's not, it's not a bound book, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's produced a zine. pamphlet for, yeah, it's kind of a zine, <laughs> and it's like, um, uh, the Narragansett tragedy, ghosts or Freemasons. God. Okay. And it, it's basically a pamphlet outlining, um, the, uh, outlining the, um, a, a pretty wacky conspiracy theory that, um, everyone in the town, when the town was founded, what got disappeared because they found out too much about the Freemasons, possibly the Illuminati, possibly, and then it gets kind of anti-Semitic. And, Great. <laughs> and, and it, you know, a quick read through this and you're kind of like, um, yeah, maybe this sucks, actually, yeah. is the thing. So, um... <laughs> but, I mean, it is a, a, a fairly well-known historical fact that everyone in Narragansett disappeared, right? Like, the original... It is. It's the, it's the Narragansett tragedy. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a well-known thing that the first settlers who came to the town to set up before the Frost Shepherd arrived, they were all gone when the, when the Frost Shepherd docked. Could I dig um, more into that? Yeah, so I think if you look more, um at like history around the Narragansett tragedy, you find like it's really a hard thing for people to to learn much about because without there being any kind of contiguous uh, culture because everybody disappeared, it's all just kind of arche- uh, like archaeological clues almost. Yeah, or just, like, like, very like fr- almost like crime oh. scene reconstruction or something. Exactly. It's, it's, it's right. It's kind of that halfway point between a crime scene and an archaeological dig. It's yeah. like very old crime scene evidence or very fresh archaeological evidence. <laughs> and um, so you find out that there's a place called um, the Settler's Maze, which is a little south and west of Narragansett, which um, was a very peculiar um, site that they found, which looked impossibly old when the Frost Shepherd and its passengers arrived. It looked like really dilapidated buildings arranged very similarly to a lot of the units that were being made uh, for the uh, like residential areas of the town. But as I say, just like they were ruins. And um, they got the nickname the Settler's Maze because they were something that the settlers left behind, but because they were so like torn down they were essentially just like a a little, um, yeah, l- like a maze, like, like a, a collection of standing walls, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were just basically walls and not and not even complete buildings. Um, since you're researching for like local spooky stuff, yeah, um, you also find along the way that there's a a, a legend that settlers' maze is growing. It's a it's like a a thing that like no one seriously believes but um some people report that in the time they've lived in narragansett there's more of settlers maze now that's okay really cool that's interesting dang so you also what's up it's a real shame that there's nobody there's nobody left around when the frost shepherd arrived to ask what might have happened real shame yeah that just it was nobody lived there yeah, it's or, like, it would make an interesting some kind of program if we could somehow know what happened to those people, but uh, we can't. Unfortunately, we can't just we go can't back come back and time. right. We and, can't go back to the start and listen 
and find out what happened to those people. We can't do that, so. And there, it's, it's not like they could ask anyone else like who was in the area because there wasn't mm. anyone in the area. I, was... I mean, that's the really unfortunate thing is that, yeah, the, <laughs> famously America was entirely unpopulated when the first Shepard arrived. I was actually just about to ask <laughs> if um, Serena could find out if there's any info on the Narragansett people before before the yeah before the tragedy yeah or in the time surrounding the tragedy because i feel like she's vaguely aware that they are a thing but yeah. not much more than that well i think that's pretty realistic um <laughs> basically like you know by this point um a lot you know uh, treaty after treaty had been fucked around with by white people um forcing native americans onto reservations yeah the area had been pretty thoroughly depopulated in terms of uh native americans but there are um a few um figures of note and i've 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 kind of tried to dive into um some of the local history to make sure that there are like people who uh yeah so people we have an opportunity to find out find out about some people um unfortunately like there are some people who are kind of famous from there and they either like died just before this point or were like children when uh, this story is yeah, set. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um all I can say is although I may have characters who are knocking around Oh don't I'm there, purely there would asking be nothing on like in the a library. library level. I know that's what I'm getting at. So yeah. there would be nothing in the library that um wouldn't just be like a, a again very racist pamphlet about like okay. Native Americans from uh you know from from a 1920s white America point Excellent. of view. Great. Um, <laughs> but something else that you turn up in your research into the uh, the the spooky side of Narragansett um, is um, yeah, there's a couple of books that you come across to do with cults, um, which I'm I'm a kind of well known if you if you've um, if people have read Lovecraft's original stories here. So um, one of them is called Unausprechlichen Kulten. And is a German book about um, about different kinds of cults. And another thing that you turn up is a play called The King in Yellow. <gasps> the thing about The King in Yellow is it's it's a play. Uh, it seems innocuous enough, but um, in your reading, as you pass through other stuff, um, you might also find out about the uh, the the Yellow Brotherhood, a cult who worship. A figure called the King in Yellow, uh, and and in your reading you find a a passing mention that suggests that the the this brotherhood is knocking around uh, Rhode Island, or has been historically. Okay. So the thing is about about special Cthulhu books that are listed in the book here. You can choose to read them. Yes. But. but uh, <laughs> you will take a sanity loss if you do so. And that's not a check. You will take a sanity loss if you do. If I'll, you um, I'll take a hit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So what are you going to start by reading? Um, I think the, is it Unausprechlichen Kulten? Am I pronouncing <laughs> that right? Unausprechlichen Kulten. Um, and I'll read that first. The yeah sure so essentially that seems um, like the more general tome as it were yes so um, so you learn um, some of the history of cults um, 
you learn that uh, the Illuminati, kind of famous uh, among like cult conspiracy stories, was in fact just a group who were around for a short time, about 11 or 12 years, around the time of, um, so from 1776 to about 1788-ish, and um, that like, because they had, had some influential members and were kind of had lofty goals of like overthrowing established government like this is why they've um bled into myth and people have really obsessed over the idea that the illuminati are around around and about and pulling the strings um and this is kind of an introductory thing that it's establishing because uh that's such a well-known uh, such a well-known conspiracy right but it also goes on to talk about speculation of like what groups that seemingly disappeared might actually still be around um and so now you find out more that like there is um a a strong case for the idea that the the brotherhood who worship the king in yellow might be in rhode island and also that there have been um documented um sightings of a, a different cult um like possibly like at first people thought they might have been the same thing but it, it's very unsure what they are because every time people have reported sightings it's been just people in black robes and they're big black hooded robes so they're unable to identify who these people are right yeah and um there's no name name put to this cult um and if anyone's curious my flavor for all of this is that this is like the um english american edition of the book <laughs> so it's like this is an update for like are are these cults in america <laughs> um and that's the stuff that you get kind of relating to rhode island that you think might be likely to like could have something to do with the council okay. um and now you need to take 2d8 sanity damage 2d8 oh no yes it's fucked um <laughs> one <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's a one. That's a strong stuff. And another one is an eight. Maybe so don't pass uh, it. The average nine. Oof. So um, yeah. So you just took took nine sanity that damage, which 52. is enough to cause a um a bout of madness. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is what I was meaning about like you having to choose carefully between the books. Um, um, yeah. So I mean, you're gonna take some. You're gonna descend into a bout of madness, and I guess every so everyone, in fact, is taking sanity. So is time. this like temporary or indefinite kind of thing? This is temporary. This is okay, just a right, this okay. is just a temporary insanity, just a bout of madness. And um, so basically, what's gonna happen is that this is set a couple of days after the end of the last quest. Uh, Serena went up to the library. Uh, read a spooky book, got real spooked out. <laughs> and um, Hey, we've all done it. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens, you know. Oh, yeah. You read The Shining, you you uh, run out of dark rooms in your house when the lights are off. Um, <laughs> so, um, you need to roll intelligence to see how well you understand some of the spookier parts of the book. Just straight now, up this intelligence. Isn't for the, yeah, roll against your intelligence. Now, this, to be clear, isn't for the stuff that I've just told you. This is for some other stuff. Okay. That I will reveal if you are smart enough. <laughs> um, so my uh, education, right, or intelligence? Intelligence. Okay. 
So this is uh, my intelligence is fifty five. Mm-hmm. So that's probably hundred. Twenty three. Oh goody! You understand this book so fucking well, <laughs> which means that unfortunately you are actually going into um, that is yeah that's uh... going into your temporary insanity, and it lasts for one d ten hours. So it, oh baby. Um, ten hours. It lasts for ten whole <laughs> hours. That the rest of that day is just bunk. Um, <laughs> I love this. Serena watches a man burn to death. Kind of fine. Reads, Reads a spooky book. book. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and you, I'm just going to use the summary table to um, to see what happens to you in this time. Um, yeah, what's kind of interesting here is that you've landed on significant people. It says consult the investigator's backstory entry for significant people and why the relationship is so important. In the time that passes, the investigator has done their best to get close to that person and act upon the relationship in some way. So, I mean, this is going to be kind of a sad one, but I think that in that time when you kind of um, come to your senses and realize what you've been doing, you realize that you uh, spent a lot of the like dwindling res- like cash you have left uh, making payphone calls to try and get in touch with who you can tell me. Uh, you can you can decide who it is that Serena has been specifically trying to get in touch with. But as we've established, Serena, um, no one in her life like recognizes her anymore. Um, yeah, so since it, the photograph. So who does she try and get in touch with? Is this important to the conspiracy or just important to her? Important to you. Okay. I'm, I'm giving so you rough. pick of it. Like, who do you who Her do you parents. spend this? Right. Mm-hmm. She tries calling a bunch of times, um, but they don't recognize her. They refuse to recognize her. Um, they get increasingly distressed and tell her to stop calling. And after a couple more unsuccessful calls, um, a, a man picks up the uh, phone. Hello there. Hello there. Um, I'm trying to reach the Stokers. Listen, is this you again? This, uh, Serena? You have to stop calling my parents. Your parents? Yeah, my parents. Buddy, I don't know where you came from, but they are not your parents. My old man has a heart condition. I know! You shouldn't be calling here. And he he slams the phone down. Um, and that's, 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 (laughs) Um, Take a walk. <laughs> and um, we're back to the present. That was that was something that Serena's been up to. Um, Serena's having a bad day. She's having a lot of bad days in a row is the thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'd like to first, before the car gets there, uh-huh. check in with Vi. What's going on with Vi? How has things been? So... You wanted to kind of approach, like, you you looked into a little bit into the way that amnesia worked, um, although it, like, works in the real world, Jess? Right, but I'm not really too interested in trying to replicate, like, a real-world mental condition. Cause... Right, because this was caused by a space worm. Right, because this is caused by a space worm, and also I'm not super interested in, in trying to, like, understand and, and fully be able to roleplay a condition that people actually suffer from. Sure. So, sure. Uh, in, instead, I sort of tried thinking about what would cause somebody to uh, 
enter into a state where they no longer know um, anything about themselves or, or their life. And what I ended up coming to the uh, conclusion of is, yeah, if I saw this space worm, mm-hmm. she rolled to see if she understands and sees it as real. Yes. She did. Yeah. She knows for a fact that this is a real thing. Yes. But it's fundamentally incompatible with everything that she knows about the world that she's grown up in. Just literally everything she knows. Just the whole thing. This this creature isn't is not compatible with ever all of her ex- other experiences throughout her whole life. Right. right. So her brain, like, forced to make, like, resolve this dissonance between all the experiences you've ever seen ever yeah. and this thing in front of you being real. It just throws out everything. She, like, she had, she had yeah. no choice because she knew that it was real. She could not escape the fact that this was a real thing she was seeing. Right. So in the face of that, she just dumped all of the other, like she just had to let go of all of her other experiences. Right. Like, they had they had to be the ones that were, were fake, right? Because it, it couldn't be this creature. And yeah. that's like a very tough thing to, to deal with, I think. So yeah, uh, I think that it will take some time for her to sort of, um, as she gets more experiences after seeing this mm. thing, she'll be able to sort of work a little bit more to reconcile how, you know, she can uh, exist in the world and have these experiences that are compatible with the knowledge mm-hmm. that she now has. Mm-hmm. Uh, what um, but, What do you think by this point, like a week and a half later, that she's kind of managed to piece back together? I think that um, certainly the things that are most personal to her, like she, at this point, she remembers who she is. Yeah. Um, She remembers like the names of the people closest to her. Mm -hmm. And she remembers like some key memories uh, from, from the past. A lot of the stuff from the recent past as well is is pretty clear uh not all of the stuff but mm. some of the things like the encounters with the scuttlebutts and stuff that's all fine okay uh, and oddly enough like her whole memory of her childhood and the the children's book that she uh sort of was read as a as a kid all of this stuff as well was just completely untouched it was one of the first things that she realized that she yeah about herself and her past i think that's definitely true i think that at some point in this last week and a half she would have had an um a moment of something that i'd like to explore so what do you think she was generally spending her days doing to set the scene right so it's it's going to be a combination of two things that she does to sort of recover from this extremely traumatic event Uh which is the first one is you know a more of that self-care angle of like just spending time 
like actually really trying to connect with the world and the people around her uh-huh. uh, because that's sort of a way to uh, sort of get a feeling that you know things are around her are real and she's really connecting with them. So I feel like that's a very healing thing for her as well as the other thing that she tried to do is try to learn more about the um, Chthonian creatures and try mm. to better understand what she saw so okay. that she can better fit it into the puzzle that her life has just become. Nice. Um, so what are you, what, in this scene, what is she getting up to? What's the location that you have in mind for the scene? Probably she's at her, she's at the manor. Um, this isn't right before Felicity arrives, to be clear. This is in the in the meantime since the last quest some point right so either she's in the manor library just mm-hmm. sort of like trying to like not even just like reading everything yeah. but just sort of like looking at what there is in the library like reading the titles to see like what all of the different types of books that are out there in the in the library Okay. To see, like, if something is, like, interesting to her in that way. And then there is another possibility if she's doing more of, like, the trying to relax and connect with the world. But mm-hmm. if that's good, so, we can go with that one. That's really good. So I'd like to know um, what she does with the book that she has been being read, um, that she used to be read as a child. And she found it in her parents' house and it was blank inside. What did she do with that book? Well, I think that she's had that book sort of um, in her personal uh, quarters, wherever she's staying. Okay. I think she keeps that pretty close. It's pretty, like, personal to her at this point. Uh, So why don't you roll me library use to just see how well she does exploring the Bancroft Manor library, trying to learn about these things that she saw? Sure. So her library use is the default 20. Uh-huh. And that's, and that's 47. 47, yeah. Mm. Which is not lower than 20. Well, in that case, I'm going to say that she, like, tries to look for, like, um, what the what their collection of books has to say about um, animals more generally in the hopes that she just might find some kind of thing that makes sense. Uh, and she just doesn't, because that's not what that's not what this is at all. Um, but the thing that I wanted to focus on is that as she's looking around the library, and she's looking at what different kinds of books they have here, and trying to see if anything that would help her out and help her figure out what this big space worm was, she sees a book with a distinctive orange spine on the shelf. Oh no! So her immediate reaction is going to be like. Did I leave it like down here? Like, did... right? She immediately did... recognizes this as the Watchman book that, she, that her parents used to read to her. Right. So her immediate thought is, "Oh no, I must have left it down here, and I just can't remember that I did that." Mm. Which is, you know, going to be a little bit disconcerting to her because uh, when she got back, she had the book, so that would mean that she's still losing memories. Uh, right. But 
So would she go to her room and check her book? Or would she um, get this no, book off she, the shelf? She would get that book off the shelf, for sure. Yeah, so it definitely is the same one. But if you look inside, again, it's blank. This, this you know, for a moment, there's maybe a little hope that this is the book. Actually, like, this is the one that they read from. And there was just something wrong that other time. But this is also blank. And I think that just then, as she opens this book and finds this one to also be blank, she has the memory of her parents reading to her as a child. But only fleetingly. And then she remembers the watchman's lantern creaking, metal on metal swinging from a chain. And then she remembers fantastical places. Other realms? Places where the sky is orange. Places where the the desert or is it the ocean it's hard to tell goes as far as the eye can see places where strange winds bear peculiar smells and then she gets a really bizarre memory it's just like her parents reading to her as a child it's the same setting it's the same time she can remember that she was the same age when this happened but instead she just sees her parents sitting by her bedside with this blank book open in her father's lap. And her parents are both asleep. And every page of the book is blank. And then she remembers them reading to her again. And, and, and it's like she just had this kind of flash of this other moment for, a, for just for a second. And that's what she experiences. Wow, yeah, that's that's going to be a lot for her to sort of process. I think she probably, if she had that sort of memory beforehand, she probably thought it was like a fragment of a, a dream or a nightmare that she had at some point. Right. But it coming that's back definitely with how the rest it feels. Of, it coming back with the rest of her memories is going to sort of have different effect on her in terms of what she thinks of that now. It does feel a little like remembering a dream. Interesting. So yeah, I guess uh, that's what we found out. In the meantime, she hasn't done done too good at recovering, uh, like getting any information about the worms. She's been piecing back her memories, and um, now we find her waiting. Uh, where would she be waiting if uh, well, she requested a friend to be brought to the the house? Well, hold on, is. Is it the same book? Like, does it have the same dedication and it's not one in her room? Yeah, it's identical in every regard. Has she checked? It's Sorry, it's identical in every regard. And when she check, and when she later checks, there are just two of it. Oh, huh. okay. That's incredibly interesting. Yeah. All right. So I'd like to know where she is when she's requested for Felicity to be brought to the house. Where would she wait? Where, where, where do we find her when the car pulls up with Felicity in? Well, she at this point, she would know that Felicity is coming, right? Yes. So she would probably uh, be near to the entrance uh, if there's like a, a sort of reception room or something. Okay, so um, you hear a car pull up and um, may- maybe footsteps on gravel for a second um, as the-, the two people in the car disembark and-, and then Pierre comes in and he says, um, Madame Octavia, 
Uh, your friend is here. Oh, thank you ever so much, Pierre. Thank, thank you. Um, have, a have a nice day. Oh, you too. Hi, Vi. How's it going? Oh, hey, Felicity. It's, uh, well, I'm not not sure you remember, but it's been quite a week, to say the least. Are you doing all right? It's been quite a week for me, too. Can I just, as a note, um, the Bancroft Manor um, is the biggest house Felicity's ever seen. <laughs> Also, wow. <laughs> Holy shit, this house. Right? It's so I old. I don't think I've ever been in a house this big before. Pulling oh. up to it, you could see that you were seeing that it's big, but you also could see that you weren't seeing all of it. That's how big it is. <laughs> so Pierre said you wanted me to help you explore? Right. Well, there is quite a lot of the house that I haven't been to yet and also I'm sure there's something interesting in here so I thought that it might be good to uh, reconnect with my old friend and do some exploring we might find uh, fairies I remember that you liked fairies oh have you seen have you seen some I don't think so this is a fun uh, sweet spot in between, like, telling someone what they want to hear to, to be manipulative and also remembering something a friend was into <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a demonstration that you're being a good friend. Your old friend of a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. It's, it's still a vi, but also it's not vi. Yeah. It's a vi that's forgotten most things. Right. Well, it's it's uh it's sweet that you remembered why I I do adore I do adore fairies and you know if anyone was gonna find find one it would be me so let's yeah right. let's, let's explore I'd love to have a look around this old place sure yeah well it's not I know it's uh pretty run down it's not too much to look at but uh, it's. The the, the housekeeper, Mrs. Thatcher, clears her throat loudly and angrily from from a different part of the, like, from the next room. Well, I, I, I think it's quite, quite beautiful. Maybe she, maybe you hear her do a little kind of like, hmm, and like, footsteps fading, like she's walked off. Right, well, I'm sure that it is. I don't know, I haven't, I don't remember very many other houses. But this one is, well, let's not focus on that so much. Uh, how, how are you doing? Can I do a, a psychology role? Oh, to check out how Vi is doing? Absolutely. Yeah, because we haven't had like a proper kind of conversation. Vi hasn't like explained to Serena and Felicity what's going on yet, right? Yeah. So... That's true, honestly. You just, like, split up after the last adventure. You haven't seen each yeah, other since. Yeah, just, like, took her, took her home. So. Uh-huh. True. Right. At this point, I think that Vi is just assuming that Serena's just gone through something similar, or basically the same. Yeah. But just why she's asked, like, how your week has been. Like, if, I don't know if you remember kind of thing. But... Oh, you mean how, she assumes Felicity's gone through a similar thing? Yeah. Right, like, memoryless. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. 
So I failed my psychology check. So I definitely... <laughs> okay. I don't necessarily like... Yeah, I I'm not picking up that there's something particularly... Yeah, she seems strange right as rain to you. Vi is a very strange person to Felicity already, so, you know, <laughs> it's just more of the same, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, she lives in a house that has about as many rooms in it as the whole town, so uh, that's right. a strange person. <laughs> she doesn't know how to predict behaviour from from such a person. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Felicity is, is uh, just kind of shrugs off and is like, yeah. Um, okay, uh, where, where should we go first? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I suppose, well, I don't know. I think that might get lost, but, well, where do fairies usually like to hang out, you know? Well, Felicity is, uh, sort of relaxes into a thoughtful posture. Fairies love hiding places. So I think, you know, you never find a fairy in a bare kind of room. They like coziness. They like cozy places and they like the natural world. And they, they need they need lots of places to hide because it's it's dangerous being a fairy. You know, we're so much larger than them. Um, right. They need to be able to that sort of dart sense. out of sight immediately. You know, and they 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 love to they love to watch and cause mischief. So Vi has been staying in the the west, um, the northwest wing of the manor, um, which is um, a mostly very uh, modern interior styles the outside is seems to be a pretty um typical like again quite modern um uh like brick constructed part of the part of the manor um and you know within the area that she's uh kind of regularly going through there's that library that you were in before uh there is um her quarters there's uh, definitely there would be a kitchen and of course there's like uh, outside there are some grounds, there's some gardens there's maybe like a little hedge maze um, yeah. and there's like uh, a garage for like the car and any like you know repairs that needs to be done to it or anything and just for obviously storing it um, but besides that like there are um, there are three more kind of wings of the building um to the kind of diagonal compass points the so so she's been in the northwest there's the northeast north uh sorry northeast southeast southwest and then there's also the memorial which is a kind of odd fifth part of the building that um you can't not be aware of because if you've like if you've walked around the um around the manor a bit but especially if you've walked down on the beach you have seen the way that it actually juts out like a little bridge onto the hmm. onto the beach like it's been built out onto the um like a, 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 a an old like eroded rock that's out on the beach and this is like a, another part of the building that was built um 
by Charles Bancroft's widow during the original settlement of the town of Narragansett. Oh, the Bancrofts. Well, and then by explains that information, or at least what she would know about it. Like there are three or four parts of the house that she hasn't really been mm. at. I would say the western side is the most is clearly the most modern. The eastern side is older, and the memorial is the is very noticeably the oldest. Um, the the east wings of the building are like um, gothic in style, but the memorial it's almost like it doesn't fit with. And actually, Vi would know this because she has proficiency in architecture specifically. Mm. Um, it just doesn't really fit to any no, any architectural style that she knows. It's almost like it's hyper-gothic, but there's something very modernist about its clean lines. There's something to its geometry that just unsettles the eye. Right. So the memorial is pretty unsettling to look at, so maybe the fairies probably aren't there. I don't know, because I don't know what fairies feel like, like what they feel. It's cozy. Yeah. I find it unsettling. And so, Some places that are unsettling to humans are, you know, particularly comfortable to otherworldly creatures. I'd certainly like to check it out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, I think, would know more about fairies than I would. Well, yes. Wherever you want to check out first. Okay, you're saying you're checking out the memorial? Yeah. Let's go go okay. check out the memorial. And if you look at the map I've made, you can see I've created kind of a little, like, the manor has this extra bit to yeah. it that juts out into the sea. Yeah. Um, and basically, um, that's how it is. You, you have to cross over a part of the building that is functionally a bridge. It's, uh, there's a, there's a, a corridor. It's very old. It's wood paneled, um, like dark hard woods in the floors and in, and, and all of the, uh, the walls as well. And, um, True, true to Mrs. Thatcher's like uh, angry grunt, uh, they're all you know polished, very upkept, <laughs> very clean, um, and um, you, you you cross through this corridor. There are like rooms on either side of this part of the building that crosses to the memorial. Um, there's very little like natural light in this corridor because actually the bridge section is so wide that it has rooms either side and a corridor running down the middle. <laughs> And um, you get to the uh, the entrance to the memorial section of Bancroft Manor, and the door is locked. It's this heavy door that looks like almost like it was there originally, and then they built. Like, it wasn't meant to be an inside door, you know, it was meant to be an outside door. Like, it's this heavy metal door. And um, it's a little worn too. It looks old, and um, yeah, you, you just—it's—it's it's locked. Wow, Vi, do you know how old this is? Um, no. <laughs> That's true. That's a shame. It looks extremely old. It probably is pretty old. Yeah, it looks old. I think. Do you have any? Any kinds of uh, books on the on the manor? 
any kind of record of what these strange things are used for? Not that I know of, but if if there was ever a book like that, it would be in the Manor Library, or at least the Manor Library that I know of. Because uh, again, can't stress this enough. I don't don't know what's in the rest of the Manor. It's a true exploration. Felicity's just thinking that it's kind of strange that Vi doesn't seem to know what's in the house that she lives in. Uh, mm-hmm. That seems like a reasonable thing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, chooses not to question it. Um, is there any way into this door? It seems to be locked. Oh. Um, yeah, there probably is a way into it. There's a keyhole, so you assume that it's, it, yeah, it's been locked like it's just got a key. Should we ask um, what, Mrs. Thatcher? Oh, that's a good idea. Does Felicity just spectacularly guess the name of the housekeeper? <laughs> <laughs> Has she not said it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just say, should, should we ask the uh, the, the housekeeper? The oh, key? Um, Mrs. Thatcher? Yeah. Yeah, she might have a key. So to go back to the the uh, main uh, entryway where you last saw her, I'm going to want you to both roll navigation because you you managed it pretty well to get to get out to the memorial, but the manor is really big. Okay. What's your navigation? Vice navigation is ten. That is forty three. I'm just checking. Um, NASA here, and NASA have just told me actually that's not um, uh, 43 is not less than 10. No. Oh. Okay, well it's glad that I'm glad that we got that sort of professional. I've got a, I've got a calculator app on my phone, and I'm just putting in 43. Um, and right? Is it? Wait, is it? And, and taking away 10, and unfortunately it's still a positive number, so there's still... Uh, probably that's the bigger right. one. That's actually method you check to see if one number is I bigger think, than another one. Yeah, I think I learned that in math once. Hmm. Where do we end up? You both have navigation of 10, and you've rolled 44 and 43, so... Lost. You, you're quite lost. Um, I'm not going to separate you, because that's, you know... Why I mean, would we separate, you know? Right, exactly. That's exactly it. it I'm just here to explore. But you, With um... Bye. You find yourselves in a, a room that is all taxidermy. It's just all stuffed and preserved animals. Some of them are in jars. Some of them are like birds that have been perched on little perches. Um, the most impressive eye-catching thing in the center of the room is a tiger. Uh, this is all making Felicity quite nervous. She's kind of interested in the birds, but the, the tiger gives her the heebie-jeebies. I don't remember passing this room on the way there. Neither, do, neither does Felicity. Me, me neither. Um. Okay. Glad that it's not just me on that one. Um, would fairies be here? I'm... Maybe if How do you check? Lost, How do you... like us. What do fairies look like? Well... Fairies come in many shapes and sizes. Um, you've got your, you know, your kind of horn-nosed blue fairies, and you've got your sort of classic flower fairies who look 
you know, more like little children dressed up in flowers and things. And um, and then there's, you know, there's some that are a bit funny looking, like uh, all, all shapes and sizes. Oh. Okay. No, I don't think there are. I, I don't think it. I don't see any of those here. Uh, yeah, I'd say looking around the room, you don't recognize any blue blue nosed horn fairies. Was that it? Blue horn? What is it? Horn nosed fairies. Horn nosed fairies. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, you don't see any anything that strikes you as being a fairy. Let me do a spot hidden. <laughs> you can do a spot hidden if you see want. If I spot anything interesting, fairy yeah, you can do a little spot hidden. Why not? Look real close for those fairies. Mm-hmm. What's your spot? Oh hidden? no, I got fifty-two and I rolled fifty-two. Oh, you rolled right on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, um, you spot not any of the um, taxidermies directly, but but the room doesn't just have taxidermies in it. It has um, uh, cupboards and shelves and loads and loads of drawers all around the edges. And um, in one of the glass cabinets uh, that I guess Felicity looks into out of curiosity, you know, maybe that's where they keep the fairies. Um, she sees a little brown bottle that looks familiar. Uh, can I have a look at it? Yeah, so, um, you can look closer, but when you try and open the glass cabinet, it too is locked up. But when you look closer, you realize it's one of the bottles that you saw in the laboratory by the beach. It's one of the bottles Mm. that was being kept by whoever was making the scuttlebutts. To feed the scuttlebutts. Well, if Vi looks at it, Vi would right. recognize it too. Did Did you find something over there? Vi, come come look at this. Your attention drawn to it, you immediately recognize this as the bottle that you retrieve for your Uncle Monty. This is the bottle full of little eggs. Oh, right. These are fairy eggs. I think, right? Did you say they were fairies? I mean, I don't really know too much about the whole thing, but I thought they were fairies, but I truthfully haven't haven't seen any like not like those big ones. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So after after the enormous scuttlebutts tried to tried to eat you, uh, that was when you decided no, those weren't fairies. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> She's not quite sure. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 But she's open to the idea that they might not be fairies. Uh-huh. And she wouldn't want to lead Vi astray. Uh-huh. This is a, a big room, by the way. Um, and this, like, glass cabinet that you're looking at is one in just a wall. Like I say, a wall of shelves and shelves of drawers and glass cabinets. Yeah. Can I pull out some more drawers? You try the drawers. And those, two are locked with little keyholes in them. If you look into other glass cabinets, you'll also see there are, um, some have jars in them with taxidermy moths and butterflies, um, but others also have things like the, the little brown bottle, things that give off the same kind of vibe, they're storing something biological in them. Um, you have kind of glass flasks and you have, um, I guess one of the most prominent things is there's like a bell jar that unlike the taxidermied animals 
it just got something that looks kind of like um what's that fruit called with all the seeds pomegranate <laughs> pomegranate yeah uh, yeah you look in, in into this bell jar in one of the glass cabinets and it's like a you know the the glass jar has been put over essentially a plate that has this like little jelly full of little seeds on it like frog spawn kind of that's how it kind of looks interesting don't like that do you do anything when you're looking at that cabinet can i see any kind of descriptor or text or anything in there no the stuff isn't labeled it doesn't feel like it's actually intended for display the same way that the taxidermied things are it's much more something kind of functional uh can i open the cabinet so you pull on the, the cabinet handle and roll spot hidden. 25. What is your skill? <laughs> 52. Oh shit, that's a, a hard success then yeah. actually. Um, so you see this very clearly. You reach for the cabinet handle, keeping your eye on the little kind of odd pomegranate seed frog spawn jelly. And as you... As your hand makes contact with the handle and you 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 move the the door ever so slightly, the jelly moves a little. Ooh, is it a fairy? But this cabinet is also locked. Damn, I couldn't say what those are. Um, Did you find a fairy over there? Some kind of eggs, some kind of eggs. I think. Oh, more fairy eggs. Could be. Interesting. And then I, um, I want to go over to the sort of pin board of moths and butterflies. Oh yeah. And I, um, I turn to Vi and I say, you know, this is a lot like, so when I was younger, I used to catch the fairies. I'd, I'd catch them between the pages of my book and, uh, I'd sort of press them. That's quite violent. Oh, it's not. Of course, it would sound that way. Um, it's okay. It the it's. Are you just uh, arguing? It's okay. They like it right it's, now. <laughs> it's just a psychic. So they're they're magical creatures. So you can't, you know, you can't kill them that easily. Um, <laughs> they just they just leave a psychic what? imprint on the pages. Um, oh. So you remember them, but they you know they escape very easily. <laughs> um, but it was it was quite fun. Okay, so is it like that? Is that the experiment that the uh, sorry, what was his name? Davenport Winkleman. Right, but that's that's a character. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Uh, what 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 experiment? Sorry, the sorry the experiment that we, um, you know where we saw. The big fairies afterward, I guess. Um, at the, the White House? Oh, the, the, with the um, the metaphysics. Yeah, is it kind of like that when you uh, killed the fairies in the book? <laughs> <laughs> I did No, you missed... I didn't kill anything. Um, no. I suppose it is a little like that. Um, yes, their, their, their essence escapes quite easily. Um, they've... they've they're very tricksy, in fact. They, they they love it. It's a game. It's a game to them. Did you improve your... You improved your science skills since last time, right? Yeah. So do you... <laughs> so you specifically improved it, like, 
metaphysics. Because that was so, the thing yeah. that you were like learning about. <laughs> I'm a metaphysics pro now. Okay. I was just I was curious about that. I'm not trying to make you make it roll. I mean, unless you want to. If you want to for, see if it's true that you would. <laughs> for, for, the, for the information of the listener and, uh-huh. and other players uh-huh. and Games Master, uh-huh. um, I'm basing this kind of childhood experience of catching and, and trapping fairies on a, a funny little book called uh, Lady Cottington's pressed flower fairy book which is like a little there's these really beautiful like paintings of like squished fairies like like these funny little but, creatures have been like squished between two panes of but glass but they've very much been squished and are dead but they right? they describe it in the book as like they're like psychic imprints of the fairies oh. and the fairies like play games with her and, and trick her but obviously it's going to sound to anybody like i was probably just killing bugs like making a really weird excuse about right. yeah killing uh-huh. butterflies okay. like i even i'm you know I've, okay. I've taken her to a rack of like <laughs> dead butterflies okay, and gone, that's good. this is just like what i used to do that's good stuff yeah. <laughs> i remember correctly that book was weirdly erotic as well yeah absolutely <laughs> that's, that's correct it's very yes it's yeah it's a funny one can you both roll me navigation again <laughs> sure <laughs> to see how well you do after this room uh so 60 is well that's even worse than last time is not yeah not 79. Than you're getting worse at navigation oh yeah oh my god but we're getting more lost <laughs> <laughs> um so at some point you end up uh taking a flight of stairs down and neither of you can remember if you took a flight of stairs up before so you just take it and you wind up in um in like a, a kind of dank uh, wine cellar, there are all these casks. Mm-hmm. Um, there doesn't seem like there's any way out other than back up the stairs out of the cellar. So, do you look around the wine cellar at all, or are you just like, yeah, why not? I'm gonna look around the wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess give me is a... interested in the wine cellar. Give me a spot hidden then. <laughs> Forty-one. I absolutely spot that hidden thing. Okay. Um, behind uh, racks of casks of wine, you can actually see there's what looks like a much more recent thing because this cellar uh, must be a much older part of the house. You must be in a very old part of the house mm-hmm. right now. And um, it's, all the walls are like big stone, big cut stone. Right, like people build the wine cellar first. Exactly. It's one of the right. first things. Um <laughs> But you see what must have been a more recent addition because it's uh, some kind of like technological panel set into the wall. You gotta update your wine cellar. <laughs> you gotta keep it up to date. It's very important. One minute Felicity's like, this is the biggest building I've seen in my life. And then she's just like, yes, yes, you have to update your wine cellar. <laughs> no, yeah. this is me. <laughs> oh, this is just you. Okay, I see. Um, so uh, it's this panel and it's like, it's. I mean, you, like, Felicity wouldn't have reference for this, Vi wouldn't have reference for this, but it's the way that, like, computers started looking in, like, 1960, like, just big fucking fridge-sized panels of, like, blinking lights and Okay, Felicity's immediately, like, aliens? (laughs) It's the most high-tech thing you've ever seen in your life. Vi, what's this? Oh, this is the wine cellar. Um, This... There's supposed to be some pretty cool stuff down here. This uh, machinery. Uncle Monty was telling me earlier about <laughs> a nice cask of 
Amontillado. That's somewhere, I think, in this room. <laughs> Do you know what this strange machine is? Huh? Sorry, what? Strange. The casks? The this this machine over here with the the blinking lights. You see the machine with the blinking lights. It's set into the wall. It's about the size of a. I'm I I I can give you like I'm I'm at a strange point in describing this because I'm like it's really easy for me to describe it to the two players, but to the two characters, like I say, it's just the most high tech thing you've ever seen in your right. life. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Felicity's a little afraid of it. Uh, will it explode? Who knows. Um, <laughs> Vi is is your uh, uncle Monty some kind of scientist? Um, maybe. He's certainly the kind of guy who, um... He's certainly a kind of guy. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's the Renaissance man. He's... Oh. He's dabbles in all sorts of stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, I've left this deliberately vague, but he certainly does dabble in, in all sorts of stuff. The classic uh, polymer. And it's very unclear what his job is or anything. Being wealthy. <laughs> I mean, to some to some degree, I gotta be real with you, yeah, that's totally what his job is. <laughs> um, can I... Uh, can you what? I just wanna... I wanna think of, like, what Felicity would guess at. Is there any more uh-huh. information I can gather about this strange um, technological marvel you, that I don't know what it is? As you take a minute and, 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 and watch it, uh, there are these two spools. Now, you, Natalie, would recognize these as tape spools. Right. But Felicity, I don't know. She might, she might, it might remind her of, uh, movies. But as you s- just stand and watch it for, a, you know, a couple of minutes, uh, at some point the spools just rotate sort of a, a quarter rotation. So 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock. And, you know, tape runs between them. And it makes a little, like, grinding noise. Um, and that's it. Like, that's all the kind of information you, you're getting from it right now. Interesting. Oh, wow. How strange. The closest thing you've ever seen to this is, and I just mean on a technological level, when you were in Davenport Winkleman's lab. Like, right. that was right, the right, right. the most recent and most high-tech thing you've seen besides this thing. So strange, Vi. Hey, it's got these, like, it's almost like a light bulb, but a lot smaller. <laughs> like, kind of like a, a firefly. Not. Is it alive? I don't think it's alive. That's true. The little lights would be very confusing. <laughs> You've definitely never seen an LED before. <laughs> and I'm not confirming that it's an LED, but there are little lights. Right, but I have had a recent experience with a whole building full of a strange colour that I've never seen before. True. Very true. Um, and the fire. Uh-huh. Uh... Yeah, Felicity's starting to get quite anxious down in like a cellar. She's in a subterranean place with, with the high tech stuff. that she doesn't understand uh-huh. and, and there's grinding noises and uh-huh. she's starting to feel a little bit of a rising kind of feeling of panic that, you know, she doesn't she doesn't know if there's any kind of risk. Give me a lesson roll. Fire down here. 62. What's your lesson? 22. <laughs> okay. With a fail, Felicity starts to hear the the rustling paper, the crackling. Okay. 
Um, she starts to sort of breathe a bit faster and she says, Bye, can we, can we, can we leave this um, room, please? Oh, what's the matter? Um, I Do just, you... I need to, need to just be, I'll, I'll explain in a moment. Can we just leave this room now, please? Oh, the Amontillado thing was just a literary joke. And then she it's... just kind of heads out the door. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Felicity briskly. Does she dash or does she briskly Yeah, she, she sort of dashes A bit of a dash back up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I promise I'm not going to encase you down there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Felicity's just sort of uh, kind of leaning against the wall, kind of breathing. Uh-huh. Uh, trying to take deep breaths. Yeah, unfortunately, the top of the back up to the top to the top of the stairs. You're in a corridor again that has no windows. You just don't know how deep inside the manor you are or anything. <laughs> um, uh, she she as uh, as soon as she sees that um, Vi has like seen seen where she is, uh, she sort of gives her a nod and like heads off down one end of the corridor in the hope of just like oh my god, no. <laughs> I wasn't meaning for this to turn into a whole quest where you're just lost in the thing. Um, She's just at the top of the stairs, and Vi will just see her when she gets up the stairs, right? And okay. She... Um, heading one direction down the corridor, uh, you find you come to a T junction of another corridor, still no windows. It just leads onto other rooms. Uh, Felicity just lets out uh, a, a bit of a groan and says, Vi, is are you okay? I, I need fresh air. Is is there anywhere I can um, go? Yeah. Um, so what you can do now is either open, just open a door at random, or you can navigation roll to try and get back to the front of the house. Uh, let's yeah, let's do a navigation roll. Okay. Uh, since since there's a bit of a pause, fourteen. What's your navigation? Ten. <laughs> Well, this is a, I mean, this is a bit of a trickier one because they're closer numbers, but 14 is actually higher than 10. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, um, I thought for a moment maybe it would. <laughs> you, know, you try and like, um, you're getting more aggravated as this is going on, but yeah. like you're trying to get out and you just, it's corridor upon corridor, windowless corridors, and you wind up back at the top of the stairs to the cellar somehow. Oh my God. <laughs> Vi, this... Okay, I know what this looks like, but I promise I'm not trying to, like... <laughs> of course not. I'm not trying to, like, encase you in dollar. This place is a maze. Yes. Vi, I haven't been doing good since that lighthouse. Yeah, I I haven't either. Um, did you forget everything, too? Forget forget everything yeah no like your name and who you are and you've forgotten who you are well i mean now i've remembered but at some point yeah my gosh why that must have been terrifying well yeah it was terrifying uh luckily Pierre was there uh, to take care of me. Oh, he's quite nice. For a man. He is quite nice. <laughs> Sorry, what was that last part? Oh, yeah. Men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Taking a guess here, they're bastards? Is that... Total bastards. Oh, okay. <laughs> Huge if true. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, you trust your life to them and then they throw it in the trash. Um, <laughs> but, you know, have you, so have you remembered everything now you've recovered? Oh, no. Yeah, no. I'm not really sure what I don't remember. Uh, that's part of the problem. Gosh, that must be so frightening. Well, don't, you know, don't hesitate to to come to me if you need if you need any help because I would hate to think of you. I'm I'm glad that you called me to um, explore with you because I can't imagine how how yeah. scary and lonely that would feel. To well, not- if I'm honest, Felicity, the main reason why I wanted to look with fairies with you is just to have someone to be around. It's it's been good to be around you too. I've um I've been finding it hard to be around others since the lighthouse. Um I've just had this overwhelming fear of fire and of of just remembering remembering the fire when I'm around other people. It's so it's so frightening. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember the fire too, but it sounds like probably not not the same. It's um it's very present. Which is why I uh would really like to find a window <laughs> or outside. <laughs> I would really like to be outside if possible. Well, you're still in a cor- in a corridor of doors. Do you want to try opening one or like one at random or do you want to uh navigation roll again to try and get back? Uh yeah, let's do navigation roll again. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> it's a bottle episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to try opening a door? Okay, let's open some random door. <laughs> you open a door and uh, it appears to be someone's office or study. Uh, there's a desk, there's a, a very fancy like button back leather armchair, and there's like um, uh, bookshelves, but they're like very similarly bound books, which implies to you that like, probably they're just for show, like the way that rich people get like their books bound to be like looking fancy. Right. They're not really there for actually yeah. a purpose. Um, and on the other side of the room, there are like uh, there are French windows uh, leading out to uh, a that little. That's going to be my first question. <laughs> a little balcony. So this room is just completely illuminated with natural light, and it, yeah, a little balcony. But it's one that's just like a couple of feet off the off the gravel path. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically just like a little um, place to stand and view the grounds. Okay, Felicity uh, runs straight to the to the little balcony. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Just sort of hangs her head over the, over the side of the wall. Okay. Just kind of leans over. <laughs> okay, you're you're outside. Congratulations, you solved the getting outside <laughs> puzzle. And she just uh, breathes in a just big, big deep breaths of fresh air. Uh, thank goodness, bye. This is oh, I'm so relieved. <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I understand, but I'm glad that you feel better. Thank you. Um, you know, 
this is actually, I think, uh, a very good spot for finding fairies. I um, I expect fairies would oh, like this spot. Wow, that's quite lucky. So where you're standing, you can see like the hedge maze I mentioned before. There's a gravel path around it, and then there's like yeah, the hedge maze. Uh, but it's like um, low hedges at the moment; they're still growing, and like there are some like fir trees that are planted around the grounds. Um, and you can actually see the coastline from here. Ooh. Can I see the lighthouse from here? No, you're on the wrong side of the building for that. Right. So Felicity is just kind of off in her own world right now, kind of like looking out, looking out to see. Just sea, recovering. Kind of just admiring the view and, and recovering her energy, yeah. I'm going to say, wrapping up this scene then, Mrs. Thatcher appears, walking briskly across the gravel, saying... Um, where have you two been? This is a disaster. Are you? Oh, you've been exploring, getting lost in the mansion all day. What are you? Well, you'll just. Do you know the way back to the main hall from there, or are you, or are you going to have to just climb over? Um, um, I might climb over if that's all right. Oh my God! And she she walks off calling. Uh, calling loudly for um, uh, someone, like, a, a different um, member of the staff to fetch a, like, a small step ladder, because she assumes that climbing over, a, like, a three-foot balcony wall would be too much for a, a dignified lady. Well, Felicity just hops over the wall and offers a, a hand up to Vi to help her over. Okay. Um, well, I think Vi would to take her hand Okay. climb over. Oh, that's really nice. I feel like you have really worked on your friendship. Each you yeah. each recover one d ten sanity for oh, yeah. spending time with friends. The most good form of therapy. Brilliant. I um, think Felicity is feeling mighty recovered after oh, wow. kind of exercising some demons there. Yeah, bias uh, as well. That's science, actually. Fr- seeing friends is the best, uh, the best medicine. Yeah, Vi has recovered ten sanity points. Felicity has recovered three. Could be better. Could be worse. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of ways that could be worse. Yeah. Could, yep. Um, <laughs> a couple of ways. So, Joe, uh, you really want. You've been very keen for um, the gang to go investigate Hilda Beatty's yeah. um, mystery. So, um, I'm going to say that a couple of times you've been in the library researching since then, um, she hasn't actually been at the desk, so you've just gone about your oh, research. No. So it's up to you whether you think by this time, a week and a half later, you would have gone to the address she gave you or rung her, or like you could just go into the library again in hopes of seeing her. Again. I feel like after the episode that that she had she would uh-huh. have tried to ring at some point pretty soon after that. Serena's stinky bad time at the library. Yeah, the, after the bad brain happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, sure. Okay. Yeah. You know, you look up her, her like what her number would be for that address in the, or you get the operator to connect you. I guess. Yeah. And um, I like that as well. After like she spent the day desperately trying to contact, sort of historical relationships uh-huh. and now she's just returning to someone right. she's met mm. yeah. it's nice it's yeah. good and also like 
like she's she's in a bad way but like she's like hey maybe even if i'm feeling bad i can help this person feel less bad and worried about their friend yeah 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 actually so the the operator connects to you and then uh after the phone rings a couple of times um uh, a man picks up um uh hi there is um is this hilda's number oh hey uh yes you've you've this is uh hilda's residence um are are you looking for her yeah um we i met uh she i'm a library goer and um we we got talking the other day and um she said that she could use some help with something and uh it's in my line of business so i i thought i'd give her a ring i haven't seen her around at the um behind the desk lately you know oh uh you you're just a Sorry, you, uh, you're, you're a library goer? You just go to- I like to read, yeah. You, and what business- Uh, I guess I'm also a a photographer as well, uh, an investigator of sorts, if you want. Hey, listen. Apparently, that's what I- (laughs) Listen now, I'm- sorry. I'm, I'm her brother, and if you're trying to get in, in some kind of, uh, get her into some kind of trouble, then you, you, uh- Oh, by no means, sir. Uh, and uh, he, he's getting a little, like, walked up and defensive. And um, you hear Hilda, like, calling to the guy. She's like, uh, Mark, Mark, stop. What are you doing? Give me the... Give... <laughs> and there's, like, a back and forth and a bit of a struggle. And then she... Uh, <laughs> nice. And she... So she, then she answers. Um, hey, uh, Serena, Serena, is that you? Well, he seems like a bundle of fun. Oh, don't mind Mark. He's, uh... Yeah, he's just overprotective. <laughs> yeah, that's one word for it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I I I rang because you know um you you said that you could use some help and uh I think there is stuff out there, you know and oh my god, it, it's so good to hear somebody say that. I I've just been I've just been so unsure. Do you do you want to? meet for like coffee or, or something yes absolutely yes i i uh talk about it it's my it's my friend she's 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 missing and i need i need help you, your friend your friends uh you, you have others who are who are who are interested in 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 paranormal uh happenings right kind of yeah to 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 some extent um Listen, can you can you get your friends and meet me at the Cafe Celine in, in an hour? Uh, I'll do my best. An hour might be... I'll send... Tell you what, I'll send them a note, and then I'll meet you there at the very least, and they can meet us later. Thank you so much, Serena. And, uh, she hangs up. Uh, do I... Do I, I feel like... I feel like... Does she know? Does she know the numbers of the other two? That's a good question. How does she get in touch with these other two? <laughs> I feel like she knows. I feel like she knows Felicity's. Okay. Um, let's just say you ring up Felicity's work because that's where you're expected to be during the day. And um, after a brief conversation with uh, Ao Antonio, uh, you 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 figure out that she's gone to the manor because he saw her get into a very fancy car with a with a with a driver in a uniform. Yeah. Okay, uh, 
I will have to find that number out. I don't have enough time to keep calling you. Bye. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess. There's probably like a big phone book by the hotel telephone, isn't there? Well, you can ask the operator to uh, connect you to. I don't know. Places. I don't know if she has enough money to to keep on the line long enough to ask an operator. Oh my god! <laughs> um, so she's gonna like thumb through the like the phone book, uh, and like there's the the hotel receptionist is glaring at her because I I feel like she she is behind on. That's fun. On her flat money, but um. Yeah, she's just going to ignore them uh, and uh-huh. quickly punch it's in one of those, number third. It's one of those scenes where you kind of have, like, the old lady at the desk is, like, really, like, uh, glaring daggers at you. And, yeah, and like, the reaction... I can feel a hole burning in the, back of my, in the back of my head. And the reaction is just, like, turning your back more to her, like, gotta block this out. <laughs> gotta block out these bad vibes. <laughs> uh, so she finishes doing the numbers. I- I'm sure this is, like, a rotary telephone, right? I- yeah, I like that yeah. Image. Yeah, um, so she finishes punching in the numbers uh, for the Bancroft residence, I guess. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's pretty easy to find, you know, considering. Hello? Who's this? Uh, hi, I'm, I'm looking for um, a Miss Octavia Vi Bancroft. Oh, um, who should I say is calling? Um, Serena Stoker. We're acquaintances. <laughs> Col- colleagues? It's something like that. I didn't know Miss Octavia had a job. Hmm. Octavia! Uh, and, uh, by Octavia uh, uh, Bancroft, you are summoned by Mrs. Thatcher. She comes and gets you. Um, assuming you got down from the perilous balcony. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mrs. Thatcher gets you to come and answer the phone. Oh, right. For me? Yes, uh, apparently a, co- a colleague... Of yours? Do you have a job? I didn't know you had a job. I don't think Excuse me, ma'am, time's ticking. I only got so much money. (laughs) I don't think so, but uh, stranger things have happened in the last few days, I suppose. Or a friend of yours, or... Um... I don't know. Should I just hang up on this woman? It seems like... Do you know who this... I'll take it. Okay, and yeah, Mrs. Thatcher, the housekeeper, gives you the phone and, and, and departs to get on with something. Hello, this is Octavia. <laughs> okay, hi, Octavia. Okay, I gotta be quick, because I'm, I'm about to run out of money. Um, So, I'm meeting uh, this girl from the library. Her name's Hilda. Her friend's gone missing. I'm meeting her at this cafe, and uh, I, I can't remember what the name it of the cafe It was the Cafe Celine. Cafe Celine in and out. <laughs> 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 I was gonna, I was gonna interrupt you and say the call cuts off at some point, but like you just did it anyway. It's, good. it's good. It's good. Um, uh, and then um, I think we cut, we cut back to um, to Serena's end, and she's just cursing, and she slams the receiver down, and is like, <laughs> "Fucking damn it!" And as uh, I guess, as you like go off to get ready or head out the door, whichever way you're going, like the old lady is like. This young people, their language.
You've been listening to the Rolling with Rainbows actual play podcast. The music for the podcast was created by Molly Noise. As well as the podcast, Rolling with Rainbows is a YouTube show for aspiring DMs who want to make their tabletop games as fun, safe, and inclusive as possible. Links to the show and to the Rolling with Rainbows Discord community are in the description of every episode. The podcast and show are funded by the support of our patrons at patreon.com slash thatjess and patreon.com slash curiovids.